Hello, it's Alex Noren, and you are listening to the Bunkered Podcast. Well, hello, welcome to the very first of the Open Commutes, your very special bite-sized Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. Coming to you all week from Liverpool for the 151st Open Michael McEwen here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Good morning if you are tuning in whilst you're having your breakfast or you're on the way to work or wherever you might be. Or good evening if you're in Australia, because I know there's lots of you that tune in from there. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time. This will be a very short, as I say, bite-sized bunker podcast where we're going to give you a bit of a, a flavour of how things are shaping up for the Open this week. Got a very special guest joining me on the show a little bit later on, but not not until the second part. But I do have my colleague who's joined me for this first part. If you were listening to the Open Preview podcast on Friday, you would now know him better as Token. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alex Perry. Alex, welcome. How are you? I've seen this all over social over the weekend, and I sort of think I'm going to have to just accept that that's my name now, <laughs> which is fine. You are Token, with a capital T. Uh, I, I'm not sure how how much of a token a middle-class white guy can be, but sure. <laughs> but you'll do your best to make it your own, I'm sure. How are things going? Because you've been over at Royal Liverpool this morning. Uh, you've yep. you've got all checked in. You've got your accreditation. I've not. I came down on the M6 this afternoon and joined the, what was it you said? M50? The 53, yeah. 53. That was a long, long drive, but I'm going to get to see the golf course tomorrow, Tuesday. As you're listening to this, I'll hopefully be scouting the course. But Alex, you've been there, you've seen it already. First impressions, how's it looking? I was actually surprised by how few people there were there today. All right. I Look, a little bit of behind the scenes in this job. Generally, you turn up. And then you're sort of thinking, oh, I cannot wait to get out on the golf course and go and do things. And then suddenly a thousand press conferences happen. <laughs> and the reality is it's five o'clock before you actually get to go out and look at anything. So I went and did my little traditional sit in the 18th grandstand and just have a little moment by myself. And yeah, I, I may have shed a tear. That's, it's funny you I'm do not... that on the Monday. That's my Sunday night tradition. No, I, I like to just get in it and I just, I just sit there for a few moments and... It's just nice, isn't it? And you know, we went. We, I was with uh, another colleague of ours, Ben, and we went round and had a little look at the first grandstand because the first grandstand at the Open is a special place, yeah, isn't sure it? Is. We, especially on a Thursday morning. Like everyone wants to be in that little tiny. It's, it's a tiny grandstand with. It's probably what a hundred seats. It's not very many. Is it? Maybe, that, like, yeah. it's, it's really not very many, and it's it's it is genuinely. If you can get in there on a Thursday morning, I would highly recommend it. I've done it before. In fact, I did it at Hoylake last time it was here. And it's a, it's a very special few hours if you can just get in there watching players tee off, you know, you, especially when, back in the day when it was Ivor Robson greeting players to the tee. Just a, a genuinely, a, a, one of those things I would always say to people, go and do that if you're coming to the Open. It is a proper Open experience. And uh, Ben and I, as I said, we, we went in there. There was no one there and it was fantastic. <laughs> so I sent Ben up onto the tee and I made him pretend to be hitting a shot. Hang on, took he, a photo. he broke through the ropes. Yeah, we slipped that's through the ropes. Your, that's how you get your accreditation revoked, <laughs> is it not? We, sli we slipped in, we took a little photograph on the first day. To bless him, he said, can you take a little photograph of me for my mum? <laughs> It's funny, Ben's been with us now for a couple of months and tonight I found out that he's not English. He's actually Welsh-Canadian. Well, he was born in Halifax, but his 
I think his dad's Welsh and his mum's Canadian, but he plays on that a lot. But he's right. he's, he's very much a, much a Yorkshire lad. Somebody doesn't want to be English, quite clearly. <laughs> Neither do I now with my new nickname. <laughs> but listen, you know, you, you sat in, in a few press conferences today. So we had Cam mm -hmm. Smith was Smith in there, first, the yeah. defending champion. Matt Fitzpatrick was in there as well. I'll come yep. to him in a second. I'll come back to Smith. But I think the, the biggest story today so far, the biggest story of the week so far, is about a press conference that's not happening. Rory McIlroy, coming off the back of that incredible win at the Genesis Scottish Open, you'd think he'd be feeling good vibes. You'd think he'd be up for having a chat. And he was scheduled to speak to the press 9am Tuesday. So pretty much as you're listening to this, Rory was meant to be on his way to the media centre for a blether with us lot. But this evening he cancelled it. Or rather, the RNA announced he'd cancelled it. So we don't really know why Rory's not coming in, but we could take a fair stab at the reasons. Yes, he was cornered on the range by Sky Sports. And, uh, you know, among a lot of other things he was saying, one of them was... I, I just want to concentrate on getting ready for Thursday morning. And I, I look, I absolutely love, as I'm sure you do, absolutely love a Rory McIlroy press conference because mm. not only does he know exactly what he needs to say to get us writing the headlines, he's also incredibly warm, incredibly charming. It's very rare that you come out of a Rory McIlroy press conference and you think, what, what a waste of time that was. There's, there's always something to talk about. And genuinely, when that news popped up, it was it was obviously the the journalist in you. The first thing you think is, "Goodness me! Like, why has this happened?" Mm. Second of all, the sort of the second wave of, of emotion, if you will, is disappointment. Mm -hmm. As I just said, it's always really good. For, I don't blame him at all. From a journalist perspective, obviously disappointing. Want to be able to go in there, ask him a question or two and be able to write something about it and just listen to what he has to say. But this guy has been the mouthpiece for the PGA Tour. He was he was thrown out there in front of everyone when Jay Monaghan didn't want to do it. And everything has changed now. You know, he was he was the, the, the voice of the tour during this so-called civil war. Apparently we're now in peacetime and well, the talk is that he's been stabbed in the back. Whether that's true or not, we don't know the ins and outs. His words were a couple of weeks ago that he felt like a sacrificial lamb. Exactly. Now he exactly. seems like he's behaving like someone who's once bitten twice shy. Exactly. So it's fully understandable that he doesn't want to then go out in front of a bunch of journalists. And let's not forget, this is, this, this is absolutely not a criticism of the people that are coming to this tournament, but you come to the Open and there are a lot of journalists here who aren't on the golf beat. There are a lot of you know, chief sports writers mm, and things yeah. like that. And their job, quite rightly, is to come and get the big line about the big story in golf. And that, at the moment, is the Saudis deal with the PGA Tour. So, obviously, that question is going to be asked. So, I expect uh, Rory McIlroy has come out and said, or, or he's just come out and he's thought, I don't particularly want to sit and ask answer those questions for half an hour on Tuesday morning. Completely I'd rather yeah. just be getting ready for my tour. And he has said that as much on that very short Sky Sports interview, but he basically came out and said, I just want to get ready for... He's just won. Yeah. He's absolutely on top of the world. He's just won. He said he treated himself to a couple of glasses of red last night, uh, Sunday night, after the victory. 
And on Monday, he said, it's all about a reset now. He doesn't mm. think about the Scottish Open anymore. It's all about resetting a new mindset. He actually said, we go again, which was quite oh, disappointing. Dear. Oh, no, no, no. Horrible no, cliche Lordy. to use. Chance. But the point is he, he he is now resetting and he's thinking about the Open and he doesn't want to be going in there. He, he's had this for the last two years. He's gone into the last two Masters, the last two US Opens, the last one, well, the last, last one US yeah, Open here. Sorry, because he one skipped before this. this yeah, one. he did. So this is the second major in a row where he skipped the preview press uh, And worth noting, he didn't do a preview press ahead of the Scottish Open last week. Exactly. Seems to be a new tactic for Rory exactly. to just try and manage as much of the noise as he possibly can. Exactly. Which, on a professional level, is disappointing, clearly. Yeah. But on a, a personal level, the Rory fan in me is like, yeah, okay, that, that's fine. Fully understand. If, if that's going to give you the best possible chance of winning this week and you think it's going to put you in the right headspace come Thursday morning. Yeah, absolutely fine. The thing is though, he he will, if he if he plays well on Thursday and he has to face the press, he'll get asked the questions then. So in some ways, he's only delaying the inevitable if he plays the way he wants to play. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of a strange move, but I understand it. Let's go to Cam Smith very quickly. He was as they always are. Oh God, I'm so reluctant to give back the claret jug, but hey, you guys, it's just going to be seven days and I'll have it back, you rotters. I mean, he said all the right things, Cam Smith, but felt to me the the mood that I'm picking up and the sense from people who were in the press conference, you can elaborate, Alex, was that not quite as triumphant a return for a, a defending champion as there's been previously. Usually it's a Tell us about what you got up to with the Claret Jug this year. Well, he's got other questions to answer <laughs> Cam Smith, doesn't he? Yeah, it was quite funny because he said, uh, he, he was obviously asked about the, the press conference. For, for people that don't know, last year, as soon as he'd won the Claret Jug, he went in and Phil Casey from Press Association said, are you going to live? And he said- Perfectly fair question, yep, by perfectly the way. fair question. Under the circumstances at that time, perfectly fair. Yep, and he said, don't really know. I almost did the Aussie accent then. He oh, said, go on. He, no, I'm not. He said, I don't really know why you're asking me that. I've just won the British Open. I'm absolutely over the moon. Just won my first major. Blah, blah, blah. To which Phil brilliantly said, yeah, I get that. But are you going but to live? <laughs> but are you going to live? Because, you know, there's all these rumours that you are going to live. Perfectly fine. And he, of course, he was asked about that on Monday. And he just said, I, I think he actually said, I forgive him for asking me, which which is a bit of a strange thing to say. <laughs> Very but, strange. No, you are right. It didn't. It didn't really feel quite as triumphant as previous press conferences for the defending champion. I think the defending champion genuinely comes out first, don't they? For that, yeah. on the Monday morning, and they get their, their belly tickled. Time. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's not a grilling by any stretch of the imagination. It's a it's a low key easing into the week. Yeah, he got his usual question about what have you been up to with a claret jug, but we know what he's been up to because it's been all over yeah. social media. We know that he took it to his golf club in Brisbane, I think. Mm. And I think he said he had a ripping good night. Oh, um, there, there you go. That's what company getting. man. That's what a you're ripper getting. of an a evening. A ripper of an evening. Uh, and he, you know, he, he, he was in the old course hotel that night. But what always strikes me about Cam Smith is that he gets asked. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the the answer is to this, but he gets asked the most basic questions. And he seems to not be able to answer them. So, so someone said, what was your favourite memory of last year's Open? And he was like, oh, getting drunk on the Sunday night. Like he just started, like, I'm, I'm sort of going, 
you beat Rory McIlroy down the stretch, mate. Like, yeah. You had that unbelievable two-part around the bunker at 17. Yeah. That there's a thousand things I can think of and I wasn't even part of it. Like, why? I quite yeah. like it. It shows, it shows the type of person he is because he's, he's had some criticism I've seen from other journalists who say he just gives bland answers and he's yeah. incredibly boring and why would you need a Cam Smith interview? And to a, to a degree, I get it, but equally... He's not pretended to be something that he's not. So that is exactly why you should read interviews with yeah. Cam Smith. There's no yeah. pretense. There's no... He doesn't really strike the sort of guy that watches his words too carefully. He is just exactly as advertised. Very, very down to earth. If that makes him boring, then fine. But he's boring with a, with a claret jug. So it was, it, was, it was quite a good moment. And this is my uh, bid to try and get cricket mentioned in every oh single podcast. Word. But there was a, there, there, <laughs> the nice Alex. The nice. As I mentioned before, there was one of the one of the uh, chief sports writers had come in and said, "Oh, you know, it could be a really good Sunday because Australia could clinch the Ashes and you could, could, re- you could right. retain to retain the claret jug. And that'd be an unbelievable Sunday for um, for uh, for Australian sport." And he just sort of went, oh, yeah, I, I, I like cricket. It's all right. Like, I don't <laughs> I'm not really. And then he got asked about the very, if you're a cricket fan, you obviously know about the, the very now infamous Johnny Bairstow incident from a couple of weeks ago. And he got asked about that and he just went, oh, I don't, mate, I don't know. Like, why is, like, yeah. always, like you know, you know, when you see in the, not just golfer's eyes, but in the sportsman's eyes, when they're getting asked the question and they're just begging the journalist <laughs> yeah. to, like, they're just, they're telling them with their eyes, aren't they? Just go on to the next question, I'm begging you. <laughs> it was very funny, but no, hopefully that, hopefully only half of that will happen because genuinely, if Cam Smith defends the Open on Sunday, I'd be incredibly happy. He's, like you said, he's an incredibly likable person. Mm, yeah. I don't, Give what's, a shit. what's what's the dislike really? I mean, exactly. Some people will say, "Well, the live stuff." Yeah, My I don't, God, I don't give a shit come on. I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. I, no. he's just he's just he's he seems like. Uh, I think if you were asking me for three guys on the Pete or on tour that I'd like to go for a beer with, I think he's in the top three. Absolutely, yeah. he's just Shane Lowry's he just, number one, though, isn't he? Of course, of yes, course. unquestionably. Let's quickly talk about Matt Fitzpatrick before we go to the break and we yeah. bring on our our special guest. Now, the headline, as far as I could see from Matt Fitz's presser, was, don't back me to win the Open. I probably won't. You were there. Is, is that a fair summary of yeah, events? It really was. Well, it was the headline I put on the piece on bunker.co.uk, so I have to stand by it. It was a very strange one. He's, uh, I mean, look, he lost me the moment he said he doesn't like Lynx golf. Oh, But that was, that was a really strange thing he said, you know, in, in terms of... But he's, he's talking about suitability. So he's saying in terms of which of the four majors suit me the most, the Open is fourth. Mm. And I, I That's fu- enough. fully appreciate yeah. that honesty. If he doesn't like Lynx Golf or doesn't get on with Lynx Golf for whatever reason, absolutely fine. I'm not sure the people that spend millions on his sponsorship will appreciate him <laughs> saying, yeah. don't back me for the, for the Open this week. Or the people that have backed him to win already before Can you he said the that, scripting? of course. Like, here's Thursday, here's Friday. Don't worry so much about Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. Matt says he won't need it. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was like he said it in that typical uh, dry way mm. that he delivers these things. But yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a strange one. It was. It, I remember just sort of sitting there thinking, I don't think I've ever sat in a press conference where the golfer has said, 
I don't think I'm going to win. I, uh, he said, I'm happy with a top 30. Top 30? Yeah. Really? Really strange thing what? to say. That's, but that's such a low bar, though. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? You mm. think you'd at least go top 10, Matt? Come on. Exactly. Talk at yourself up. Back yourself. Be your own bit. biggest cheerleader. No one else is going to be. Poor Billy Foster. I <laughs> wonder what sort of night he's had. Just, Everyone knows how desperate his caddy Billy Foster is to get his hands in the claret jug. So he must be thrilled to bits to hear that. Anyway, Matt Fitz will probably win it on Sunday night and we'll all be made to look incredibly stupid. He'll sit up in the stand and go, <laughs> hey, gotcha. So, look, more to come on today's episode of the Open Commute in association with Callaway. Do not go anywhere. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI designed forged 455 face cup and an all new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back, Bunkered's Open Commute in association with Callaway. Michael and Alex here, I should add, in my hotel room. Just for context, in case very, anyone's wondering where we are. Very tiny, windowless hotel room. It's about 11, I'm just going to check. It's quarter past 11 Lovely. on Monday night. I'm absolutely shattered. I've been up since six. <laughs> I'm getting up again I just six. I just want to go to bed and Michael's making me stand here with a microphone in my hand. Yeah, it's, it's Calling like, me names. <laughs> easy talking, calm down. It's, it's, it's like a prison because there's no windows, there's limited ventilation, and this room is, what, eight feet by I think if you, if you imagine a double bed and then just add a foot either side. Yes, that's it. I'm slightly concerned that I'm going to go to sleep. You'll be listening to this and you'll be thinking, oh, that's a bit of a shame. Completely unaware that I've had the night from hell when someone <laughs> has walked into my room, mistaking it for the fire escape. Because that's the other thing. The room backs onto, like straight onto the stairwell. <laughs> so this may be the last words I ever say. I should really come up with something more profound than, and now Alex Norrin. But that's just about all I could muster. And so to our special guest, Mr. Alex Norrin, the Swede, I caught up with him earlier on. Callaway treat us very well. I mean, not only are they the, the sponsor of this podcast, so you'd say, oh, of course you're going to say that. But no, they do. They put on a, and have done for as long as I've worked in the golf industry. So what, a couple of decades They've hosted a, a function on the Monday night of Open Week every year without fail, and it's always great fun. This year's took place up at Caldy Golf Club, which is only a short drive from, from Royal Liverpool. They brought along a number of their tour staff, as well as the one and only Niall Horan from One Direction. Great time had by all. And Alex Norrin came and sat down with me for a little blether about this week, how he's feeling about it, etc., etc. Look, I won't spoil it. Here he is, Ryder Cup hero, Alex Norrin. Alex Norrin, welcome to the Bunker Podcast. Thank, Thank you for your time. Thank you. Busy week for you, big week yeah. coming up. How you uh, How you feeling about the Open at Royal Liverpool this week? Oh, I feel I feel good. Uh, I'm reunited since about a month with my coach that I have have had for a long time and. Uh, it's it's nothing better when you kind of feel comfortable and uh, you trust the guy. I've had good coaches in the meantime, but it's 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 more that I've been with him so long, so I trust what he says, and and we've had some success in the past, and 
Um, yeah, so it's it's easier for me now mentally going into tournaments, knowing what to do, uh, you know what I do good, what I do bad, and and it's 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 very it's comforting. Yeah, nothing but good vibes. That's what I you know, want in a major know, championship week, I isn't know. it? It's not only it, it is a t- you know it's it's everybody wants to play well in the majors and and it's easy to st- sort of try harder than normal and and uh, yeah. It's it's a different week, yeah. I mean, you've had a huge amount of success, won yep. many titles. You've played in a winning Ryder Cup team. Tell me how majors differ for you guys at the very top level. Um, yeah, like the, pretty much the only major I've had good success is in this one. Uh, played it more than the others maybe as well. But uh, there's something about links uh, that probably suits my game a little bit better than other majors. And... Uh, my goal was always to improve and play well in the others, and that's still my goal. I'm not quitting yet. So, <laughs> Good uh, to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, yeah, because it it is bigger. You know, we wanted more, and we we try maybe harder, and uh, yeah, it's it's something else. I mean, it's very similar, and in, in, especially in US, a lot of the courses are set up like the US Open or the mm. PGA. But when you actually get to the majors, uh, it is different. It's funny you say that because so many guys say, oh, you know, just try and treat it like any other week and all those other cliches. But I can't imagine that's an easy thing to do because you know what's on the line. You know what it means. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, any sports psychologist would probably say, like, acknowledge what's online and what what you're feeling and then try to, you know, adapt to those feelings and try to shut out if it gets too big and... Maybe not try to do other things, but uh, but it's also like you know, for example, U.S. Open. The greens are usually very very fast. Uh, you you play maybe even longer holes, and and it is different. I mean, we don't like. I think Muirfield this week this year was pretty close to a, to a U.S. Open, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's still not the U.S. Open or. You know, Augusta is very different. I think Augusta is the one course in the whole world where you need to play a lot of times. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like the uh, old course at St. Andrews. You need to play it to know everything. And, and uh, yeah. It's funny you say that you feel like your game's really well suited for Lynx golf and, and your your track record demonstrates that as well. Yeah. I mean, you have had success in, in Lynx events in the past. What is it about your game in particular that sets up well? Well, I... I you know, growing up in Sweden, I think it's we grew up on on courses that are not very difficult. It's like upper. Like, I don't know about that. I've played, well, <laughs> I've played the stadium course at Brohoff, and my God, that yeah, was an experience. I know, but it, it's. I think Americans grow up, especially if they're good, from age sixteen, they grow up playing f- f- courses where you need to hit fairways, you mm, need yeah. to hit greens. In Europe and Sweden perhaps it is like more like opportunity golf sort of if you miss the fairway you can still hit it close if you miss the green you could chip it in because it's not as firm it's not as fast it could be a tough course like you say Brohoff is not easy and like for for sure Wentworth is not easy but US is more like the, the architect dictates to you what you need to do 
you need to hit the fairway here. There's no letting go. Like if you hit the rough, you will not hit the green. Maybe mm. on a 500 yard hole, you can't reach. Um, uh, so you need to hit the fairway. And then the second shot, if you hit in the fairway, you need to hit the green. Because if you miss the green, maybe it's too firm, especially if you're short-sided, that you can't get it close. Mm. You're either maybe lucky and hit the pin, or you're maybe like 25 foot from the hole at best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my mind, I think it's like, I mean, it's, it's good, but it's also like, tough yeah. mentally it's pretty tough and i think if you don't grow requires up with a lot that, of patience doesn't it yeah if you don't grow up on that it's like it's like it's it's a little boring maybe you say <laughs> even you know talking to a scotsman i know fine well I know. <laughs> tell me about your bag this week have you made any alterations have you worked with no. the team at callaway just going no. with what you know yeah same uh, i was thinking about maybe putting a two iron in um but my hybrid i can hit my hybrid quite low as well it's a little bit tougher to hit it low uh, but it's this rough is pretty wispy. So if you catch a good line, the rough, you can hit hybrid onto greens on par fives or even very long par fours. Uh, so the hybrid is very valuable as well. He'd be the second Swedish male to get his name on the Claret Jog after Henrik in 2016. Do you allow yourself to, to think about those things? I mean, you've got a dream, right? That That's that's why you play the game, to, to do these things. Yeah, I mean, and... Uh, uh, it's 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 what you dream of and that's what you want uh, and knowing I think more about the way I play and that results in in victories like, so in a, like right now I need to do this 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 good to have a chance for a win if I don't do that it's no meaning of dreaming right now maybe I dream like okay I dream in three years I want to win this 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 but I think you have to be realistic and very much what's at hand, you know, mm. what do you need to do to have a chance to win? And if I do those, I believe I can win. But if I don't do that, I cannot win. So it's like, it's, you have to be realistic and, and, and if you believe that with your best game, you cannot win, then it's not very nice <laughs> feeling. But yeah. that's not a feeling I have, but Categorically, uh, that's not a feeling you've got this week. You're feeling good. No, right? I'm feeling good, and it's. Um, but I'm working very hard with my coach to mm. hit all the shots that we need to yeah. be up there. Very good. Finally, I can't allow you to go without asking you about your your young compatriot Ludwig Aberg. Yeah. Is it Aberg or Oberg? Oberg. You tougher. said it better than I possibly can. Ludwig Oberg. <laughs> it's not easy. I'll take it? your word for it. <laughs> but what what an impact he's made already in in the the pro ranks. Yeah. How impressed are you by him? Well, I'm I'm happy to see that because I, uh, historically Swedes we've been a little bit slower, you know. So it's uh, like, for example, we need even if we're good in college, we've historically needed a few years to make it sort of to the big stage, in top fifty in the world and stuff like that. Uh, and now um, Ludwig, of course, straight out of college, but also my home um, home course. Teammate, like teammate Vincent, you know, who won mm, Barbasol. Of course, yeah, Vincent Norman. So, but he's a little bit older than Ludwig, but they're both quite similar type of players. They hit it far, pretty tall, big guys. And, and, uh, no, I'm, that's what I've been, because, like, I'm not involved with the Swedish team, but of course, I speak to the Swedish coaches and uh, to the federation. And, and I've been always 
trying, like my my dream was to see like 18 year olds, 20 year olds, Swedes come out straight away, like a Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods, they come out and they can compete, you know? Mm. And like, what should we do to make that happen? And, you know, you see that in Ludwig and it's pretty cool to see. Certainly, that's Ludwig Oberg. Oberg. It's a soft uh, G. So, Oh, I'm bad. never going to get just, out. Just the, <laughs> the ending is a Y in American. But it's Aubrey. a G. Oh, Barry. Got it. Oh, Excellent. It's thank easy. you for that. <laughs> Alex, look, thank you so much for your time. Always thank a pleasure you. to catch up and best thank of luck you. this Good week. luck with your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much to Mr. Norrin for his time and for educating me. I had no idea that that's how you pronounce that name. Because <laughs> I'm not going to try again. Ludwig Obery. I think is probably how it's meant to be pronounced. I don't see that catching on, Alex, with the, the, the commentary teams and Sky Sports and certainly not CBS and NBC. So what's really nice about this is that you recorded that with Norrin a few hours ago and I just saw the terror in your eyes then as you thought, <laughs> how do I pronounce it? We're now like five hours on from when you recorded that interview with Alex Norrin. And I just saw you then go, oh my God, I've forgotten already. It's, it's, it is so difficult to pronounce. It's funny, I actually, true story, on my life, there's an app called Duolingo that teaches you foreign languages. And I decided, you know what? No one in the world speaks Swedish apart from the, however many there is, eight million, nine million Swedes. That'd be a cool thing to try and learn. I lasted a month. So I know that there's poika and kvinna for a boy and girl. But given my ham-fisted attempts at pronouncing PGA Tour sensation to be now known exclusively as Ludwig's surname, I, I think I probably was quite right to give up on it. And so. switched to Norwegian, I understand. I saw the news last week that the Orkney Islands yes. are... Well, we, we want our independence, so... Yeah, me and Victor Hovland will soon have more in common than the ability to, you know... No majors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so harsh, but it's so true. Alex, so it is now going to be Tuesday. As people listen, what's your plan for Tuesday? What's what's on the agenda? What, what are you excited about? I uh, Well, I'm really hoping that the forecast rain and storms stay away because I'd quite like to go and have a wander around, see the golf course a bit more, see how much it's burnt out. I know mm. they went a very long... We'd, we spoke in the preview podcast. I was fortunate enough to play the golf course a few weeks ago and it was incredibly brown. I'd mm. quite like to go and see just how brown it still is. I know we've obviously had a bit of rain recently. Not as brown, I would wager. Exactly. So I'd quite like to go and see that. So, but I don't like lightning or being out. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I like lightning when I'm in my front room and I'm looking at it through my window. I don't like it when I'm out with an umbrella in my hand. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go out and have a look at the golf course tomorrow. But I'm going, my plan is to write some sort of diary which i hope will be funny and interesting and just generally give people a bit of an insight into what it's like to just be mm. in the open um both as a fan and as a professional because i'm sort of it's it's a strange one isn't it because i am here in both capacities yeah. because i am a fan it's hard to separate the two yeah isn't it? exactly so and i don't think you necessarily should try that hard to separate the two no that is, we both got into it because we love golf exactly anyway, so we may yeah. as well own it yeah exactly so yeah might get in the merch tent buy oh, something yeah god gosh you just gotta spend money on something with a 
claret jug logo <laughs> on it, haven't you? Like it, otherwise, have you really been here? Well, so. that is the question. The fact that you've recorded this is probably proof. It's proof that I came into a windowless room <laughs> and you shoved a microphone in my hand. Well, look, thank you for your time. I dare say you're going to be back on again tomorrow or the day after. That's not the last, ladies and gents, that you've heard of Alex Token Perry on the Open Commute this week. So thank you for your please time, Please don't my tweet me that. <laughs> don't tell my mum that people call me Token, please. Oh, I wouldn't ruin our day like that. <laughs> not until Sunday. And to you listening, thank you for your time. Please tune in to you know, bunker.co.uk for all of the latest news as it happens. We'll be reporting live on site all week and we'll be breaking all the news as well as much as we possibly can on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, etc, etc. We've already told you how much the, the price of a pint is this week, for example, on Twitter. So if you don't know yet, go and check it out. You might be pleasantly surprised, I think, even by the, the choice of beer, let alone anything else. So that is it from us for today. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you, Callaway. Thank you, Alex Perry. Thank you, Alex Norrin. We'll see you again this time tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye for now.